European Heart Journal Case Reports 2021. I'm Dr. Jenny Han, podcast editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Aish Sinha, Ozan Demir, Howard Ellis, and Devaka Pereira from King's College London, United Kingdom, titled Dizziness in an Avid Cyclist, an unusual presentation of a common problem. Syncope is transient loss of consciousness caused by a period of insufficient perfusion to the brain. This can be broadly split into the most common causes of reflex syncope, orthostatic syncope, syncope caused by cardiac arrhythmias, and syncope caused by structural heart disease. This case demonstrates progressive exertional presyncope, which was found to be secondary to obstructive coronary artery disease. The case. A 75-year-old man was referred to the cardiology clinic with symptoms of presyncope during vigorous exertion. He had a background of previous prostate cancer treated with prostatectomy eight years ago and was not taking any regular medications. He did not have any traditional cardiovascular risk factors and no family history of heart disease. He reported that he used to cycle 14 kilometers a day without any limiting symptoms. Over time, he started noticing presyncopal symptoms reliably beyond a certain distance, which would resolve on resting. He reported no chest pain shortness of breath, or palpitations. Examination revealed no abnormal cardiovascular signs. He had normal heart sounds with no murmurs, normal JVP, jugular venous pulse, and no peripheral edema. To investigate the cause of the presyncope, he had initial investigations to check for a cardiac arrhythmia. ECG showed sinus rhythm with no conduction abnormalities. 24-hour ambulatory ECG showed only sinus rhythm with no atrioventricular block and unconcerning heart rate variability of 61 to 112 beats per minute. At his second clinic visit, he reported that his presyncopal symptoms were getting worse, to the extent that he was having to limit his level of activity. He still did not have any chest pain, palpitations or dyspnea. He had a transthoracic echocardiogram to investigate for structural heart disease, and this showed normal valves and normal systolic function of both the left ventricle and the right ventricle. Since no cause was yet found for his symptoms, an exercise stress test was arranged to investigate for exertion-related arrhythmias. He was able to exercise for over nine minutes of the Bruce protocol, achieving METs, metabolic equivalents, of 11.1, and 97% maximum predicted heart rate. During this, he reported no chest pain or dyspnea. ECG showed only equivocal changes with less than 1mm ST elevation in V1 and 1mm inferolateral upsloping ST depression during stage 4. However, blood pressure monitoring showed a significant drop of 16mm of mercury during peak exercise and a drop of 52mm of mercury 2 minutes into recovery. Due to the patient's age and this finding of the blood pressure drop, the team organised CTCA, CT coronary angiography, to exclude obstructive proximal coronary artery disease. They elected to perform CTCA rather than invasive imaging as they thought it was an unlikely cause without symptoms of ischemia or significant ECG changes. However, this showed a severe proximal LAD, left anterior descending artery, stenosis of 70 to 99%. They then followed by characterizing it with coronary angiography, which confirmed a moderate to severe proximal LAD stenosis. This was functionally significant as LAD pressure wire assessment showed a FFR, fractional flow reserve, of 0.71. 
the presyncopal symptoms were thought to be due to ischemia secondary to this obstructive lesion. So PCI, percutaneous coronary intervention, was performed with deployment of one drug-eluting stent under IVUS, intravascular ultrasound, guidance in the proximal LAD. After this, FFR improved to 0.9. He had no recurrence of his presyncopal symptoms and he was returning to baseline function. A follow-up, a repeat exercise tolerance test was arranged where he was able to exercise for more than 9 minutes of the Bruce protocol, again achieving METs of 11.1 and 101% maximum predicted heart rate. This time, there were no ischemic ECG changes and no blood pressure drop during peak exercise or at 2 minutes into recovery. Discussion In this case, we saw how obstructive coronary artery disease led to symptoms of presyncope. In the following discussion, we'll look at causes of syncope, investigations for exertional syncope, the evidence linking coronary artery disease and syncope, and mechanisms suggested for this link. Syncope is transient loss of consciousness caused by cerebral hypoperfusion. Presyncope is a collection of symptoms which occur before loss of consciousness in syncope. This is generally categorised into three groups. One, reflex syncope, which includes vasovagal, situational, and carotosinus syndrome. Two, orthostatic hypotension, which can be drug-induced from volume depletion or from primary or secondary autonomic failure. And three, cardiac syncope, which includes arrhythmia and structural heart disease. All of these causes cause cerebral hyperperfusion through either reducing cardiac output or reducing peripheral vascular resistance in a transient manner. Syncope during exertion suggests the cardiac cause. Other features which suggest this in the history includes association with palpitations, chest discomfort or breathlessness, family history of unexplained sudden death, and known structural heart disease or coronary artery disease. It is important to distinguish cardiac syncope from other causes, as this is associated with higher mortality compared to reflex or orthostatic causes. Both European and American guidelines outline factors for risk stratification. Low risk features suggest reflex or orthostatic causes, meaning patients can be discharged from the emergency department, whereas high risk features require hospital-based assessment. Presyncope needs to be treated in the same way as syncope, as they both carry the same prognosis. Initial investigation should include a 12-lead ECG. When a cardiac cause is suspected, cardiac monitoring is recommended, with a type of monitoring determined by the frequency of events. Though in practice, this is normally a 24-hour ambulatory ECG. In this case report, these initial investigations were negative, but the patient had progressively worsening symptoms and had an exercise stress test and an echocardiogram. Cases of presyncope and syncope caused by structural heart disease are usually due to valve disease or reduced ventricular function. Due to this, European and American guidelines recommend imaging with transthoracic echocardiogram if structural heart disease is suspected. Both European and American guidelines also recommend an exercise stress test, but only in patients with exertional syncope, with European guidelines considering this as a class 1 recommendation and American guidelines considering this as a class 2A recommendation. Exercise testing may be able to identify exercise-induced myocardial ischemia, second and third degree atrium ventricular block, and chronotropic incompetence. The eventual cause of syncope in this case was found through CTCA and coronary angiography, which showed obstructive coronary artery disease. Previous studies have shown people with cardiac syncope tend to have a higher prevalence of coronary artery disease. 
However, coronary artery disease causing syncope as the only symptom has been rarely reported. Currently, international guidelines do not give an additional indication for coronary imaging in patients with syncope, suggesting that the same indications should apply as for patients without syncope. European guidelines only cite one study for this recommendation, which is a 2016 study by Anderson and colleagues. Here, they showed PCI in patients with syncope and obstructive coronary artery disease did not improve readmission rates. However, this was a retrospective registry trial where the reasons for the decision of PCI or medical management in some patients were unclear. This was also in patients over 65 years old, and syncope in this population is more likely to be multifactorial, so mitigating one aspect may have not prevented syncope entirely. PCI was also associated with better long-term mortality than medical treatment in this study. Currently, there are no prospective studies showing a causal link between coronary artery disease and syncope. This case report suggests additional research in this area to help define future guidelines. The process by which coronary artery disease leads to myocardial ischemia, which reduces cardiac output and causes exertional presyncope and syncope, is likely due to various mechanisms. These include ischemia-mediated left ventricular systolic dysfunction, ventricular tachyarrhythmias, sinoatrial block, atrial ventricular block, and triggering of the Bezold-Jurish reflex. Out of all of these mechanisms, the drop in blood pressure in exercise stress testing without any ECG changes suggested that the cause of the patient's presyncope was likely due to the first mechanism, ischemia-mediated left ventricular systolic dysfunction. In order for this mechanism to reduce cardiac output to this extent, the section of coronary artery affected needs to be large, so only an obstruction in the left main stem or proximal LAD is likely to cause this. In this patient, the systolic dysfunction happened before development of any ECG changes or chest pain, suggesting that reduction in cardiac output might occur earlier in the ischemic cascade and may be more sensitive than the traditional findings of ECG changes or chest pain. The authors suggested that imaging through exercise stress echocardiogram may have been useful by showing regional war motion abnormalities and systolic dysfunction, which are earlier in the ischemic cascade. Currently, American guidelines do not recommend stress echocardiogram for syncope, and European guidelines recommend it only to detect provocable left ventricular outflow obstruction in HCM, hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, but there is a lack of evidence in patients with syncope. There are many areas for future research. One is assessing the utility of exercise stress echocardiogram in a specific population of patients with exertional syncope. Another is a prospective study assessing the effect of PCI in patients with exertional syncope and coronary artery disease on re-emission and mortality. The authors have highlighted the following learning points. Functionally significant proximal or multivestal coronary artery disease can, in rare circumstances, present with exertional presyncope or syncope in the absence of ischemic symptoms and therefore should form part of the presyncope and syncope workup in selected patients. There are disparate mechanisms that lead to myocardial ischemia-mediated presyncope and syncope. Revascularization of functionally significant coronary artery disease may lead to amelioration of the mechanistic milieu leading to presyncope and syncope and may improve long-term outcomes. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this fascinating case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Reports podcasts. References used to create this podcast and the original case report are available online. Visit academic.oup.com 
forward slash EHJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is Computer by State Shirt. <laughs>